know what? Controversy in church is nothing new. And actually, it's only continuing to grow. You got to understand this. And guess what? As believers, we need to understand if the fruit, the spiritual fruit that we're eating, we got to be able to identify if it's bad or not. See, today we're talking about being a spiritual fruit inspector. I hope y'all ready because it's time to flow. Let's go. Welcome back, Flow community. It is another day to what flow God together, and we need to be reminded about this topic today. Something I've seen recently popping up on social media, a lot has sparked this conversation. And it, it, in particular, it was a, it's a gospel artist turned bishop, and he had this New Year's Eve worship service. And, you know, uh, at the end of this, this worship service, it didn't look like people who were full of the Holy Spirit. It actually looked like people full of some kind of spirit, but not the Holy Spirit. And this kind of stuff bothers me. And it should bother you as well. But see, this type of controversy, it's not new in the church. Actually, the Bible kind of reveals that these kind of things would be. But see, for you as a believer, me and you, we are supposed to be fruit inspectors, spiritual fruit inspectors, so that we can identify the bad fruit in the bunch so that we don't continue eating from that fruit. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about being a spiritual fruit inspector. And there's, and there's a passage, a particular passage I want to make reference to. It's in Matthew 7, uh, uh, verses 15 through 17. Jesus actually kind of hits this directly. He talks about it. And this is what he says in Matthew 7, 15 through 17. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit, that is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. You know, something I learned early on in my faith was that we are called to be spiritual fruit inspectors. You, need, you know, you, you get a bag of apples at, 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 at the store and you got to take that soft one, that messed up one out of there because it's going to affect the rest of them. It's the same way with bad teachers in the church, bad pastors, whoever they are. You have to make sure you separate from those people because what's going to happen is going to corrupt your faith if you continue to eat from that spiritual fruit. But sometimes people, uh, they don't know how to identify the bad fruit. You know what? What's funny is in the black church, you know, if, if a pastor could sing real good, oh my, he must be gifted. No, that is not how you identify good fruit. And we get so, we get so captivated you know, by, by people who can, uh, a wordsmith. We get, oh, it sounds like spiritual poetry when they speak. Oh, they are so dynamic. We get caught up in the wrong stuff. So I want to help you today. I want to help you identify, try to get on this road to identifying bad fruit so you'll stop eating from it. So we're going to talk about three tests today that you can use to try to identify that bad fruit that you could be listening to. So let's get into this right now. Now, see, one of the first things I, I, I listen for is someone's view of Jesus. It, do, they, do they reverence Jesus as God or, or do they marginalize Jesus in their ministry? That is very important because, see, I heard one pastor, he's a YouTuber now. I heard him, you know, refer to Jesus as his stripper. 
Okay, see, this that's the problem. See, this kind of stuff, when you don't reverence Jesus the right way, that's the kind of stuff you will hear come out from some people in pulpit, some people who represent God. See, um, when you think about Jesus, you got to think about John, the Gospel of John. I love the Gospel of John. You know, John 3.16 is a very basic foundational scripture to Christianity. What does it say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That seems very basic, but when you read the gospel of John, you have to understand the son that John is presenting. See, the, the, it's all in the details because see, in John, when you read John 1, what you read about Jesus is that he was already in existence before he became human, right? See, this, this son of God was not just any old human son. He was the God son. This is very important. In, in John 8, in order to worship the father, you have to go through the son. You know, in John 10, uh, he says, uh, Jesus says, I and the father are one. See, you have to understand that Jesus is not ordinary. He is not common. And that's exactly what John is trying to show us in that gospel. He's trying to say, look, this one right here, he's not ordinary. He's not common. And that's what he's trying to reveal to us as believers. See, uh, many times the nature and position of Jesus is minimized and marginalized in the ministries where st- where that that fruit is bad, in ministries where it's a bad teacher, and you got to listen for it. And see, I like what the Apostle Paul said, too, in Philippians 2, 10 through 11. He says, therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So what I'm saying is when you're listening to a pastor or teacher, somebody representing God, you, you, you need to make sure over a span of teaching, you need to see how they, how they, how they reference Jesus. Is he reverenced in that highest place of honor and majesty, or is he marginalized? He's, he's just... You know, he's a good person to put your faith in if you want to do that. See, somebody's view of Jesus is how I decide if, mm, do I continue, do I want to continue eating from that fruit? And see, here's my second thing. I listen to somebody's reference to in view of sin. Reference to in view of sin. Let me read this to you. Romans 3, 20 through 23. This is what it says. When you were slaves of sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Sin has been and will be our issue with God. It's it. It's it's plain and simple. It's not being a better person or uh, just being aware that God is there. No, it's our sin that separates us from God. You got to understand this. And it wouldn't have required this atonement that Jesus did if it was just about, oh, just being a better person. Oh, let me just be aware that God is there. No, it wouldn't have cost God that much if it was that 
easy. See, and because of sin, because people marginalize and minimize sin, so sin has been has crept in and actually from the beginning has always crept in the church, right? And so it's it's con- going to continue to grow in its presence and its normalcy as you see in culture today, you know. And this is the issue. When you have bad teachers and you have these false prophets, see, they, they, they want to make uh, God culturally friendly, right? They want to make God cool. But see, God don't need to be cool. He's holy. And we are supposed to draw near to him. And man, I hope you hear what I'm saying. But and see that this verse tells a story. Uh, we did things that led to eternal doom. But now we do things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. See, the reason why so many pro- false prophets and teachers are adored and revered, you know why? Because uh, they've relaxed their view of sin. Right. They, they want the money to keep coming in and they want the people to keep coming to church. So guess what? I don't really want to talk about sin. I don't even want to use that word. I'm going to say it's a mistake. Uh, uh, you know, it's just, a, you know, some, uh, you know, it's a bad choice. No, sin is sin. It's all through the Bible. It's said and we just need to call it for what it is. But see, there's another thing I like in in Second Timothy three, two. This is what Paul says. He says, in the last days, people will love only themselves and their money. Why do I bring this up? See, a love of self and greed will allow questionable behavior to creep into life of the church. And that's and and, and it keeps these false prophets and teachers from talking about the seriousness of sin. See, they need hearers to keep giving. Like I said, they need people to keep coming. Amen. They want their name to be revered. So guess what? I'm not going to talk about the stuff that God is concerned about. And see, in this recent controversy that I'm talking about, um, maybe most of the service could have sounded okay until we got to the end. And at the end, when when you start playing Walk It Out and you play Swag Surf, let me tell you something. It, it, it did not look like a place of worship. It looked like a wedding reception. It looked like a club scene. And that is not a, that's not the view and that's not the look that God is going for in his church. We don't want no club scene and we don't, we don't want no, uh, no wedding reception, y'all. This is supposed to be a holy place where we come to worship God. And that's a problem. See, amazing grace is this. The son of God. We talk about deity. That's who he is, Jesus Christ. He settled our sin debt with the father. And because God himself settled this sin debt, that's amazing grace. But let me ask you this. If God did that for us, what does he deserve in return? You got to think about what, 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 what should, what do I owe God for that great debt that was paid? God, you don't look at my sin the same. You, you, you look at me as clean because of what Jesus, your only son, did. And that's what I'm talking about. So if, if sin is glossed over by a teacher, by a pastor, bishop, whoever it is, it's just a mistake. We don't really talk about that. That's some bad fruit. And you need to stop eating that fruit. And here's this last thing I, l- I listen for. Someone's view of the Christian life. Um, you ever ask, what, what am I supposed to do now that I'm saved? You ever ask that question? People ask that question. I mean, it, am I supposed to just try, try to start pursuing my best life now? Because, you know, God wants me to be happy. He wants me to be prosperous, you know. And then we kind of fake ourselves. And, you know, he wants me to be prosperous so I can help other people. Maybe that's, maybe that could be the case. But people get caught up into that and they start, they start 
pursuing God for the wrong reason. And then there's the other side of this. Well, maybe I need to just go in a corner, kind of cause nobody no trouble, you know, just kind of ride this thing out until I go to heaven. See, these are two opposing views, but they're both wrong. Let me talk about this because you've heard of this thing called the Great Commission. Jesus gave a parting command before he left. So this is why someone's view of Jesus is very important. Do you revere him and worship him? Because in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, this is what Jesus says. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age, even to the end of this age. See, a teacher that is producing good fruit and should be equipping their congregation and listeners to meet that command. That's, that's what needs to be happening in, in that church. We, we, sh- we should leave churches with a higher view of God, not a higher view of a pastor and not a higher view of a worship team. We're supposed to be leaving with a higher view of God and his purposes in our lives. See, as a believer, we got to be growing in our flow, right? Follow, love, obey, worship. That's what we're made to do. And see, that next step after you're growing in that is salting the world. Not salt, you know, one pastor said, not salting the salt. We be in the church salting each other. We're supposed to salt the world. You know, I like what Tony Evans says. He says, we, we, we kind of stick in these huddles too much and we never run the play. What, what Jesus gave us the play. Go make disciples. See, that's, what's, that's what I look for. That's what I listen for in, in, a, in a teacher. Right, what's, what, what, what's your ministry based on? What's the mission of what you're trying to accomplish? What are you trying to teach us to do? So when you listen to a bishop, pastor, apostle, whatever, term priest, whatever you are listening to, you, know, you need to understand how is that command from Jesus, how is it being played out in that leader's life? And then how is it being played out in the life of the church See, you got to look for this stuff. You got to listen for this stuff. And let me help you with this command from Jesus because he's not saying you're supposed to go door to door. He's not saying you got to go stand on a corner. He's not saying you're supposed to go on a mission trip. There are people called to do that kind of stuff. But this thing is about your closest neighbor. Love your neighbor as stuff. You know why? Because there's somebody in your realm of influence that does not know Jesus. It's it's a it's a spouse, it's a child, you know, your children, it's a it's a family member, it could be a stranger, right? It could be somebody in your neighborhood, but this commandment is about wherever you at, wherever you have influence, you need to be ready to plant that seed. You need to be ready to talk to somebody about the good news of Jesus. See, some people put a lot of pressure on themselves, and they're thinking, oh, I got to go do all this work. No, you just need to make sure that you're ready and that you're growing in a way that you're ready to have that conversation with somebody in their life. See, it's about that closest neighbor. And, you know, you, you know, I don't want you to be nervous, and I don't want you to be scared. I want you to know that God's purpose in you will be fulfilled if you are listening to the right stuff. If you are, if, if somebody's view of Jesus is right, if somebody's view of sin is right, and if somebody has the right view of the Christian life, you have a good opportunity to get started and grow in your faith the right way. So that's, that's I needed to talk about this because it really upset me, the stuff I've been seeing, and then I had to realize that, you know what, this stuff is not new, and it's going to continue to grow in these days and times because there is a challenge that is before us. 
See, you know, the enemy don't want you to grow in Christ, right? And he only has so much time. So guess what? He's going to throw a whole bunch of distractions in your life, a whole bunch of roadblocks. He wants you to get out of this race. But I'm telling you this, he who started the good work in you will bring it to pass. That's what the word says. And I'm glad about that. And I hope you're glad about it too. Y'all remember this. You need to like, uh, subscribe, you know, share the channel because I want to help people grow in their flow of God. That's what we are here to do. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope this will help you. And remember, follow, love, obey, worship. That's what we're made to do. And I will talk to you soon.